Don't stop going, going south Cause I'll let you play music real damn loud Don't stop heading, heading south From How to Barbecue Rock Studios in Hernando, Mississippi Rooster Production mind. brings you Under the Water Tower Presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Matt, I can I can barely move my my lips right now to to talk into this microphone. It is uh, a wee bit nipply outside. Yeah, Derek. Uh, in the teens this morning, uh, just brutally cold to get to the How uh, to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. Uh, but we are here, uh, excited to, to bring you another episode of the UTW Podcast. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, got some really good news uh, coming up in a second. And actually, Derek, we'll tease it a little bit because we're going to talk about it. The biggest question in Hernando, bar none, everybody wants to know the answer to this question, and we're going to tell you what it is. Actually, we're going to tell you what question that is here shortly, so be sure and pay attention to that. Man, I cannot wait to find out that question. It, is, it has been the anticipation... I mean, I cannot wait, and I, I think that you may have somewhat of an answer. Maybe somewhat of an answer. We'll I, see. I think I have somewhat of an answer, but it's not the exact answer to the question. But just pay attention. Give us a little while, and it'll be the largest question. The question – look, everyone has mentioned this to me for the last – week every yeah. time i see somebody oh, yeah. no matter the setting they're asking me this question and if you're looking for an answer when it comes to residential questions in desoto county please reach out to our 2022 presenting sponsor the top real estate team in desoto county for the past 13 years i'm speaking about team couch a birch realty group they have thousands of closings since 2009 they are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team they are full-time full service realtors which means they are available anytime you need them they're currently offering a free no obligation market analysis they can analyze your street your neighborhood, your zip code, they can tell you all about the houses all around you, the value of them, what they sold for, how long they were on the market. Brian and Terry of Team Couch have all the analytics that you want your realtor to have. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search anywhere in the Mid-South at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch, C-O-U-C-H.com. In this very hot DeSoto County market, do not go into that market all alone. Call Brian and Terry today. Let them walk you through from beginning to end buying or selling a home in DeSoto County. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for continuing to be our presenting sponsor. Derek, we kid every week. I don't think 19 degrees outside is a good time to go uh, fire the grill up. Mm, it's going to be uh, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. <laughs> if your wife says, you know what? I really like some of that, ch- you know, some chicken on the grill at 19 degrees. Uh, you probably going to, uh, that, that might not go over very well. But spring is right around the corner and it will be a good time to visit the How to Barbecue Right Shop, our 2022 studio sponsor. How to Barbecue Right Shop, located right here under the water tower at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's sauces, rubs, cast iron, thermometers, knives, cutting boards, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. Find more information on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give him a call locally at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Visit his website, howtobbqright.com. That's howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is 
to visit Malcolm and Rochelle at the How to Barbecue Right Shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive for all your barbecue needs. There is no better barbecue store anywhere in the Mid-South than right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. Visit the How to Barbecue Right Shop. Well, Derek, it's our third Friday show right here under the water tower, and that's going to mean it is time to visit and talk about the second Alderman meeting that would have taken place in the city of Fernando this past Tuesday. Derek, fill us in on that meeting. Well, we had a couple of uh, differences at this meeting. Uh, the first one was that Andrew Miller was acting as the mayor. Okay. Uh, he was, the, of course, the mayor pro temp, and he was acting as the mayor. Uh, Chip Johnson was out with an illness. Alderman Miller was acting, so it was a little, little unique to see uh, him in the middle of the, of the camera. Okay. And, of course, his chair was being empty. Uh, also, uh, Alderman Lynch was not there in person, but she was uh, on there by calling in. Uh, so there was a couple of empty chairs, but uh, everybody else was there. Uh, the second, uh, I guess, thing that was a little different was the meeting did not start on the video. Uh, I did watch it on video. I was not able to watch it uh, as it was going, but kind of glad I didn't. I would have missed the uh, first eight items on the agenda because the video did not pick up until midway through number eight. Okay. Uh, so that's where it started. So I want to make sure if, if you do go watch it uh, on YouTube, uh, you will be missing basically everything through the consent agenda, uh, and the, which is not really much. But then the first, I guess, part of the conversation uh, into number eight. And what number eight so, was... So real quick, so just making sure, you're saying we, did, we didn't get the video until item eight was one through seven andrew passing everything he wanted oh no? yeah i mean it was <laughs> done done deal it's all done that would deal. have been that would have worked out a little scandalous <laughs> just rubber right stamped everything rubber off camera done so what item eight was this was the first thing they, that we i guess really quote unquote mattered it was the uh, request for final plot approval for lot seven uh, of the phase four of Lee Summit uh, PUD. This was for the Century Car Wash Express, which is looking to locate there. Now, this was the final plat approval. This is not the uh, design. This is not how the parking lot's going to look or the ingress, egress. This is just for the final plat approval. This was done, it looks to be, from the conversation, that this is going to be on the corner of Monteith and McInvale. So it'll be on the north. I guess, well, it's not the northwest. It's the north corner of McInville and Monteith because the, the road didn't go all the way through. It's across the street from Ultimate Tire. That's right. And the new liquor store, liquor store and tobacco shop. That's right. right. Right across the street. So right on the corner before you get to the the Goodwill or the turn to go to Goodwill. It's right there. That's where they're going to look to locate. So there was some discussion, especially from uh, the Alderman 5, Beth Ross, about the, the sight lines from that hill. If you know what we're talking about, when you go up McInvale, you kind of, before you top that hill, looking at Principal Toyota, there's a quick blind where it's, you do not see Monteith Road before you, until, you're at, you, until you crest the hill, which could be some issues. Obviously, there's a bunch of people pulling in and out of the car wash. But uh, Alderman Miller, again, acting pro tem mayor, Alderman Miller, was talking. He said, hey, look, this is just for the final plat. We, we'll talk about if we're going to allow anything coming off of McInville Road to turn in right there. If you have to go on to Monteith to enter, all that will be done when they bring back their plans and stuff like that. That's, that discussion can be the end. But, again, that's what it was. If they, you know, The planning commission already approved it, and so they approved it uh, as presented or as recommended by the planning commission. Uh, the next, the final applied approval for the compelled church, same thing. We all know what this is. We talked about it, 32 acres right there off of McInvale, just north of Dilworth. And it was approved. Um, it was currently zoned R12. Uh, obviously, it's going to become a church now. They are, we're okay with that approval. Again, not, not a design approval. No, no. Yeah, not a design Just approval. Just the final plat approval. Uh, this was a approved, of course, also by the planning commission uh, unanimously. The planning director made sure to understand this does require public improvements mm -hmm. on both McInvale and Dilworth. So that means maybe a turning lane, a widening of the road, something like that's going to have to happen both off of McInvale and Dilworth for this. So you're going to see improvements to both roads. Uh, Paid for, for by the project. church. 
paid for by the church. That's exactly right. Plus, both roads, based on city code, will now have to have sidewalks on their property line. You know, okay. so anything that is developed will have to have a sidewalk. So, which is great for us. Yeah. You know, so because we know sometimes or anybody riding, you're now going to have a sidewalk on both sides of Mackinville for that short little stretch, which is really nice. Um, <laughs> you could be in the woods, then have some sidewalk, then be back in the <laughs> back woods. Back in the woods. Yeah. Um, so, Derek, are you saying that the planning director made a compelling argument? Oh, very nice. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yes, yes, she did. Come on, uh, man. That's too easy. Very too easy. Uh, so that was, again, a past. Uh, no, no, no really discussion. She did a good job on that one. The next one, uh, just to make sure everybody understands, the award, approval to award the Hernando West Sewer Project, it was approved. It was approved. Lowest bid was Argo Construction, four hundred. $86,644, well uh, within budget of what was, you know, I think our last bid was around 800000 well below that, within the budget of what they have set. Uh, it was assessed, uh, and just make sure everybody understands, this will have to, have to get a loan, a municipal bond to get this done uh, for four eighty six six forty four now that we know the price, assuming no change orders. And that will be done with a municipal bond. The repayment of that will come from taxes assessed only own the Hernando West property. So it's not going to come from my pocket. I don't live there. You don't live there. The owners of the Hernando West property will be assessed. And as houses are built in there, those houses will have a lot of assessments until that loan is paid back. So only by that, that's how the city did it. Uh, so please do not do not complain unless you buy there. And if you buy in there, then it should be disclosed on your title worth that you're paying this assessment. Um, next, the approval to advertise and go to bid for the animal shelter project. So the last, we have two more things really to talk about during the meeting. This is the first one, Derek. So, I haven't heard anything about the. Is there has there been a is that, has the animal shelter been a uh, a, a topic for in Hernando for Matt, a while? This I is a, this is a brand new topic. <laughs> it's a brand new topic. This animal shelter. You know what the animal the animal shelter discussion lives in dog years. Oh, there you God, go, man. Just on fire. I'm on fire today. I mean, lives in dog years because we are going on seven. It feels like seven years for every year we discuss the dog. That, that's the dog. true. So you're saying that this has been going on two years? Which I say be, dog. No, yeah, fourteen show. dog years. Right. We're, yeah, fourteen <laughs> it, it years. We've been about, talking about. It feels that. about that long. Um, so 3,600 square feet. So this is Doug Thornton came. Uh, again, he is doing all this pro bono. He is not getting. He is not all this on his own. A volition. 3,600 square feet is what they come down to. Um, they are the. Uh, this is going to include a dog and cat quarantine area. It's going to include a drop off. Is that because of COVID? Is it quarantine area? Yeah, that's right. They have to be set aside. <laughs> you know, animals have on. COVID. They like. Never oh, they have, they do have COVID. Right, exactly. They do get COVID. Not COVID nineteen, but actual COVID. COVID. Yeah. Um, they have. There's a drop off. They'll have a sally port. We learned about what a sally port was when they were talking oh, about that's maybe right. adding yeah, yeah. one to the police station. Which you know, so that it's going to have a sally port if if it's uh, approved for the. Um, well, that's going to be for the uh, police canines. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> gracious. Uh, there's going to be a donated I dog. A, I need a drum set over yeah. here, dude. It, there's going to be a donated dog wash. If somebody has donated like the washing equipment for the dog wash, uh, there's going to be a community that's room. A, it's a hundred foot hose. Hundred. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a community room. There's going to be a, a a lab and a treatment room. So you know, like a like a yellow lab or a no, like an actual lab lab, lab like this, beakers man, I mean, dude, and this, test tubes. This, you're leading me right into these yeah. easy ones. This is cat too kennels. Easy. Cat kennels. This is way too easy today. Dog kennels. And uh, the, the cat and dog kennels were donated also. They made a big point to say we're not buying these. These were donated. Right. Uh, there will be some dog runs. Uh, there will be a laundry where the both the washer and the dryer have already been donated. Originally, it was going to be a metal structure, right? a big metal building. They did some research, and actually, the price of lumber is now down. Mm -hmm. The price of sheet metal is way up. Okay. And so it's actually cheaper now to do a wooden block building 
rather than a metal building. So uh, he shows that on there. He showed that on, you know, he had the, the schematics up on the on the screen. So that will now be a wooden block instead of a metal building. It's much more more expensive now to do a metal building than it is a wooden block. And again, all a lot of donations, the kennels, the wash and dryer, the um, the dog wash, all that stuff's been donated. It's sitting ready to go in once this is, oh, a freezer. They have a freezer mm-hmm. uh, for some of the medication that's already been donated also. Now, uh, he said, look, we need to have this advertised. If we can have this advertised by January 27th, that means it would be open to bid by March 1st. Uh, and so, and then... 30 to, days on the bids? Right, 30 days on the bids. So again, that is... Everybody understand timelines. Nothing can happen before March 1st if they get this... Uh, what They did approve it last night. I'll go ahead and spoil it. They did approve it. But um, that they, they get this in the papers by the 27th. That gives them to March 1st uh, you know, with the bids. Uh, the building, again, 3,600 square feet, 60 by 60 building. The bids should come in around $180 to $200 a foot. That's what he's expecting. Donations so far received, for everybody wanting to know, uh, donations toward the building specifically, $8,000. $46,000, and there's another $46,000 bucket and a $30,000 bucket for other specific items, some of those I've already mentioned. Okay. They have $900,000 in the budget this year for this building. Now, some of that includes 250-ish left from that bond issue years ago that has just been sitting there that okay. they have they have to spend that they put in this budget. Another 500 was approved, um, you know, part part of the budget, five or six hundred thousand, and then the rest they budgeted what they already had been donated. Right, so nine hundred thousand dollars they can spend within this year. Not all of it has come from this year. Not all of it's being paid out of this year's money, but it is nine hundred thousand dollars in the budget. Both uh, Chad Wicker and Andrew Miller wanted to make sure that was you know got on the record or whatever. So again, it was approved by to, for that. So be looking for that to be bid, and hopefully those bids um, around March first, and then we can start talking about dollar amounts if it's approved and for construction to start after that so again that's the timeline please 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 stay off of the alderman and the mayor and let this time elapse before we start talking about it again well Derek, i think this is something that the city can come together on for this reason the people who want an animal shelter Mm -hmm. getting their animal shelter they'll be very happy Mm -hmm. and the people that are tired of hearing the animal shelter people ask about and want their animal shelter, they'll be pretty glad that that's done too. Well, so I, I think mean, this this may be the most unified uh, town ever when it comes yeah, to animals. Whether let's get they this actually built. want it or not, yes. let's just get doesn't it. doesn't matter it. anymore. That's right. Let's get this built and, uh, and, and ready to go. We may lose a listener or two on what I'm about to say. Oh, no. Let me ask you a quick question. We're talking about animal shelters. We're making the dog jokes. Dogs driving in the lap of the driver. How do you feel about it? No. Okay. No. So that bugs you too. Yes. It absolutely because not not because it's from a safety standpoint. Yes. It's, it's quite frustrating. Well, I mean, either side. So if it's a I don't care about the dog, but right. like having a dog in your lap and what it's while jumping driving. around, looking around while driving, that's got to be equal to and or worse than a cell phone. Okay. Right. Distraction. Right. So you have that side of it. The other side of it is if you're really a dog lover. You don't have it strapped in behind your seatbelt. Right. So if you have a wreck, it's murdered. Yeah. So either way, for whatever side you're right. on, yeah, no dogs in the front seat for I don't want to get hit by you when you're distracted. Right. And oh, you also could be an animal murderer when you have a wreck and the dog goes through the windshield. So this either is, way, I, it's terrible. I've never thought of it that way. Well, we're helping people, dude. Yeah, we're helping this people. is a PSA. Yeah. Please this is a puppy. Do not this drive. is a puppy service. Please, I mean, if now if you want to strap your dog in and it's on seat on the passenger seat, like 
whatever. Like, live we'll your do life. a special show on that. Live one. your yeah. life. But if you actually just have it in the thing, it's like running around, jumping yeah, around. Start, I know. Done. I can't do it. I can't. I no, really, no. really struggle with that. No. I mean, again, we may lose a listener or two. I don't know. If you've if you've now turned the UTW podcast off because your dog sits in your lap <laughs> driving, I don't know if you're gonna. You, I don't know if we're gonna be a good a good combination. Well, it's just it's I mean, dangerous and dangerous for the dog. I saw a guy doing it the other day. I hope it was a very large lab. <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah. We're gonna move on from that topic. Got one more thing going on in the Auburn meeting to wrap it up, Derek. Again, thank you, Andrew Miller, for filling in for Chip Johnson uh, while he was ill. And I know uh, we, we all appreciate that. What you got? Well, this kind of, there's two parts of the agenda actually kind of go together. So it was approval to apply for the grant funding for the recreational trails program for Phase Two of the skate park located at Renaissance Park. Approved. Done. Easy. Of course, Just you're going to apply applying for, the for it. That's easy. That led right into the discussion for the park's master plan and funding opportunities. So this was the first time in a while that they had in an open meeting session talking about the uh, how to move forward with city parks, uh, how to maybe potentially where that would be, how we would pay for that, et cetera. And so Ben Piper started the discussion. He said basically, you know, he went over how they cannot invest into the Civic Center because they don't own the land. They then went into the next steps for the city is to create, a, you know, a, basically a park of their own or a, a park complex. Complex, of their own. yes. For those of y'all listening, there's been several discussions of this on the internet and on Facebook and different uh, places. Renaissance Park was donated at least eight years ago, uh, maybe 14 ish. Nearly a decade. Maybe 12, but definitely by 14, it was donated to the city for a, the purposes of it in the future being some type of sports. Who park. was it donated by? It was donated by Renaissance Bank. Bank. Uh, this was a property that during the recession, they ended up having, unfortunately, take back from the previous owner. So the bank owned it. It was bank owned. They decided to give this to the city. Obviously, they would get some type of write off for that. The city, of course, gets free land that they can now use to try to look and put some type of park complex. When this happened, there was a discussion that was starting in that 14-15 time frame about doing a bond issue in order to make that uh, dream a reality, to make the Renaissance Park a sports complex. Uh, this was the original penny for the parks. That penny for the parks did not happen. A lot of discussion that we that was talked about in the Auburn meeting briefly. Uh, a lot of discussion, of course, outside of the meeting and that have been going on for years about why that did not happen, why I did not have public buy-in. It has been sitting there since. Now, the skate park people did a wonderful, wonderful job. Unfortunately, the, the main fundraiser, he passed away mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Uh, very sad. But he worked you know, his tail off at every Saturday, collecting money, was able to get matching grants to get the, the skate park put in there. Of course, that was followed by the dog park, the walking trail that now surrounds the entire thing that's very beautifully done by grants and of course that will be where the animal shelter goes uh something i did leave in that discussion the animal shelter will be in renaissance park on the pad already laid out and the dirt work already done for it so it's already already been assigned so it's on city paid land or city owned land now the so that that's it that's where so kind of brought everybody briefly up to speed on where we were in the meeting the key while that's being brought up now is is that in order for us to try and us being the city to try to get pennies for the park rolling again as a vehicle to fund this park system is it has to be approved by the legislature well we all know the legislature started january 2nd and they meet until you know supposedly march 31st we have been told by state senators uh, that represent us that we the city has to have uh, the approval in some kind of written form requesting the you know for it to go to a vote in hernando uh, by February 15th. They have to have it and it's 
go and has to be voted on uh, by the legislature to allow Hernando to be able to do that. Uh, what it would say is basically that Hernando wants to look to do this, that they're going to have a plan in place, you know, to do it. Basically, the people would have to uh, vote on it, have a majority, and it would be included on the November election ballot, right? This so, November. This November. So, But in order to get it on this November ballot, in order to have time for the city to sell what they're trying to want to do, the plan, how much it's going to cost, how you know estimated revenues, all that stuff that sh- you know should have been done uh, last time or marketed better last time, they have to have that approved by the legislature in the next 30 days. So very tight time crunch to get this done. Uh, so what the they had that conversation, uh, you know, Alderman Wickert uh, chimed in. He kind of mentioned, and he also kind of reached out to us outside the meeting and said that you know last time it got voted down seventy five to twenty five because there was not a plan in place that people could see and look at you know, line item breakdowns of what's going where. There wasn't, okay, how much do we collect every year? How much can be put toward uh, the debt service on a bond, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was not done. There needs to be better buy-in. What's going to be where? You know, is it designated? Specific fund. The money can only be spent for this. People need to hear that. They need to understand that. And so I think there's going to be a greater push this time if they're able to get this approved to do that. So what they did was they approved the mayor to start talking with consultants about putting together a general plan of what could be done. Then they also said, uh, asked the uh, city attorney to go ahead and draft something using that plan or using the preliminary plan that's come together to then be able to send it to the legislature and, you know, and uh, basically attorney legalese to be able to get there so they can get that by February 15th. So that is now in process. I'm assuming starting Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, that is now in process. And so hopefully in the next 30 days, we will be hearing about seeing something in there that this has been approved by the legislature. You know, Derek, we'll talk more about the quote unquote pennies for the park uh, plan. Uh, should that happen? Uh, they're getting, they're, you know, got to get started as far as uh, getting us on the, the November uh, ballot, of course. Well, that leads us into a special guest that we will have on our Tuesday show. The new parks director for the city of Hernando, Jared Barkley, is going to sit down with me uh, tomorrow, visit a bit about his past, his present, and the future of Hernando Park. So really looking forward to that interview. That will be part of our Tuesday show without an alderman meeting uh, to discuss. That will be part of our Tuesday show, will be the meat of our Tuesday show. So going to sit down with Jared tomorrow and talk all about this, visit about this. Uh, there's going to be things, obviously, some questions that we'd like to ask him and, and talk to him about why he moved to Hernando and what he sees for us, both parks-related and, and you know get to know him a little bit more. So that'll be part, again, of our Tuesday show next week. Well, Derek, let's turn our attention, go from just Hernando, a little bit wider now. Let's talk about DeSoto County. The Board of Directors had their meeting on Monday, a public meeting to discuss what we talked about on our last Friday show, uh, some changes going on with land, uh, above 10 acres, below 10 acres. Give us a little bit of update what came out of that. They didn't make any decisions, but definitely had a lot of public input uh, this past Monday, uh, this past Tuesday. What you got? That's right. Uh, a public hearing happened on Tuesday. It was on the proposal that included changing the agricultural residential zoning to residential estate and agricultural zoning. And of course, that started, as you mentioned, at 1 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, it was recessed shortly after starting because, Matt, they showed up, showed up, started getting in there. There was probably, I think, 50 or so people in there, another 80 out in the hall. Oh, wow. And so they immediately adjourned it and they moved it to the courthouse. So they moved over to the courthouse and then, um, you know, allow people to come up one at a time. I mean, literally mm. person after person, line after line. From the one o'clock meeting, they adjourned at five. Mm. And then turn around at 6.30 
and stayed for another two hours after that to 8.30, taking this, people, you know, complaining, not wanting to see this happen, you know, their, their input on it, et cetera. Uh, at the end, the consensus was that the plan needed a, a bit more probably tweaking uh, that was mentioned at one point. I think the, the, the term tweaking was used in the afternoon session, and the proposal was tabled for more study. Now, they do meet next week. Uh, I, this will not be on the agenda but because it will be tabled for more study. I'm assuming that's going to take at least a month or so. Uh, and then the uh, morning session of the Board of Supervisors meeting also. One other piece of business, Matt. Jim Flanagan talked about the county report for the industrial growth numbers for 2021. Uh, he, in his report, he said that $332 million in industrial investment last year in DeSoto County. Wow. $332 million, uh, in just that one year. 11 expansions 14 new industries and 1,600 new jobs created mm. in 2021 just on the industrial side. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. So, again, so, yeah, so everybody worried about having their stuff rezoned. If you had 10 or less acres in the county, it was tabled. It, it will come up again. Um, you know, the, the supervisor already said, hey, we're going to revise this. We're going to look at it, yeah. that. We're going to give the planning department, you know, some what we think should happen. We're going to they're going to rewrite it. We're going to put it out to the public again, and we'll do this again because they want to make sure they get it right. Yeah, it sounds that way. I mean, good on them to uh, listen to the public. It sounds like a lot of people came out and, and voiced their opinion, and hopefully they'll take all those different opinions and take some stuff. But this is – look, this is democracy, Derek. This is what it's supposed to be like. Uh, some of those people that live out in the county uh, live out there for a reason and don't necessarily want to be told certain ways to do things, which may seem like a municipality. So uh, very interesting to hear that and, and uh, look forward to uh, kind of update on that. And uh, look, please educate yourself. Go learn what people are talking about. Go pay attention to the meetings. Watch them on the videos. Watch them on YouTube. That type of stuff uh, versus just getting your information from maybe Facebook or mm-hmm. a website or something like that. I mean, you know, those things can be a little toxic. Go educate yourself a bit and, uh, you know, make your own decision. And Derek, that actually, uh, you know, kind of pertains to the next couple of topics we're going to do. Coming out of the state legislature, the Medical Marijuana Act that we talked about last week uh, has uh, some, some new legs, of course. What you got? If you remember last week, we discussed the Senate passed their version of it, yes, uh, and it was sent to the House. The House took it under advisement. Now, we said at the time, the House Speaker said it was not one of his priorities. Well, it looks like he he made it one of his priorities because within the last, they took it up within a week. Uh, It did pass uh, this week, 104 to 14. However, it was not the version sent over by the Senate. There were three major changes made, which means that it does not pass and go to the governor's desk for signature. They now will, they sent their version back to the Senate. The Senate, if they agree to it, then it will go to the governor's desk. Right. If they don't agree to it, then they'll have to have a conference, get in there trying to hash something out, uh, you know, have some kind of, uh, you know, the give and take, uh, try to get it down to a consolidated agreement, and then they'll put it back for both houses and the House and the Senate to then approve after that. What the three changes were, so here are the three major changes that happened from the Senate bill. The Senate bill came over at three and a half grams per month that an individual could get. The House reduced it to three grams. Now, the governor has asked for no more than 2.8. So this gets it a little close to what the governor wants, but still three grams, not the three and a half per month uh, for an individual. The second, I guess, major change that made was the committee removed the Mississippi Department of Agriculture from any role in the program. The Senate bill basically said that the, the Department of Agriculture would have some oversight over this. Andy Gibson's like, I don't want that. He's the, he's the head of the, uh, the Mississippi Department of Agriculture. He may have something against it personally, but he also said, my department, we do not need, I mean, we've got farmers, we've got soybeans, sure. we've got all this other stuff. You know, if this is not going to be a regulated, you know, a legal crop, 
we don't want to have to you know deal with it and so he has asked that to be taken up uh, you know he has concerns about how the they would be included so they've taken that out the third major change was is that to where cultivators and processors uh, of the medical marijuana could be located the senate said it could only be basically in industrial or agricultural areas so it had to be in an industrial park or it'd have to be outside in the county somewhere. The House came back, said that it could also be allowed in commercial zones. Okay. So there's a lot of, uh, there, there's uh, several, I guess, different agencies that are worried that if you say it can be in commercial zones, so we're talking about C2, C4, like what are we talking about? What type of commercial zone? And they are worried that, okay, if you're allowing it in a commercial zone, that some cities or some counties won't allow, you know, because there will there is the uh, ability for counties or cities to opt out right so they can't opt out any city or county can opt out so now if you're out for commercial they're afraid that more cities and counties will opt out because well if you have a you know my i've got this my wonderful office building right here right next to me is an indoor cannabis growing facility it may lower property values Mm -hmm. so they're worried about that so there's a lot of people that have already come out saying hey we don't want it in a commercial. Now, why it was added on the House side, we'd have to ask a representative about that, but it was added. So those three things are now sent back to the Senate. Again, if the Senate looks at it this week and meets you know, uh, today or Monday and says, hey, we like it, it's a done, well, it's going to the governor's desk. Uh, but they probably will look at a couple of these and may have to come to conference and then go from there. Derek, I just uh, got news, or I just looked on my phone and got news that uh, Tate Reeves has appointed uh, Afro Man to, uh, to oversee. <laughs> <laughs> Afro Man has been appointed by Tate Reeves to uh, oversee this. Because I got high. Because I got high. That will be found. Because I got high. <laughs> <laughs> that will be. Again, looks like democracy's working, Derek. The, the Senate says one thing. The House says another. They come together to get some things uh, taken care of. 74% of people who voted in Mississippi two years ago said, hey, let's move forward. Let's go uh, to the next step with this. And uh looks like we're getting there. So, oh, I mean, it's... I know we don't have to go. Yeah. We've, we've talked about it. We don't necessarily have to go there because we're getting closer, Derek, to answering the biggest question in Hernando right now. Huge. Just have to be coming huge. up in just a minute. But before we discuss that, Derek, and let everyone know what the biggest question is, I definitely want to remind our listeners about Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, winter cleanups, spring cleanups, anything you can think of on the outside of your home or business. Give Richard a call. Let him come out. Take a look at it. If he can't do it, he can help you find somebody who can. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his team at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. I do know for a fact he is absolutely overwhelmed. I've talked to you, Derek, about the growth of his company when it comes to the Southern County Schools. Just doing a great job for a number of different people. Give Richard a call. 662-292-8855. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Grinking is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. 
Derek, we say this all the time on the podcast. The uh, DeSoto Family Dental Care is the official dentist of the UTW podcast, and they were very nice this week as they took care of my wife and my daughter over the last couple of days, and we definitely want to say thank you to them. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Give them a call locally at 429-5239, that's 429-5239, or visit their office to see the DFDC difference. Thank you again to Williams Lawn Services, Green King, and DFDC for continuing to support the UTW Podcast. Well, Derek, our Friday show moves us into our DeSoto County shout-outs. We try to shine a light a bit on nonprofits in the area that are trying to uh, maybe need a little help growing their um, event or growing their uh, name. And so we definitely want to do that. But we're going to start this particular shout-out just like we're going to do it all the way through the end of February. The 10th Annual Crew of Fernando Mardi Gras Ball will be taking place at the gym in Nesbitt on Saturday, February 26th. Tickets will go on sale on January 28th. It will be, uh, Derek, again, we joked about it last week, probably the last big party going into COVID, and we're going to be the first one kind of coming out, kicking the doors wide open, hopefully. Fingers crossed, prayers, of course, that uh, everything can go. This is how the crew of Fernando funds our year worth of uh, projects, worth of different things, whether we're helping the library, help teachers, I mean, a number of different things. Dozens of Fernando charities benefit from us raising money on this ball. Really, really looking forward to it. You mentioned the teachers. You mentioned uh, the library. We do youth, youth villages. We've done Palmer Home. We've done uh, several. We'll do, uh, and you know, if, if there's private citizens who have unfortunate things happen to them, we try to help out in those ways. So there, there's several. I mean, every dime is spent back into the Hernando community. We do not send it anywhere else. It doesn't pay for something in Isle Branch, even though there's you know probably many needs in Isle Branch. Horn Lake, Walls, South Haven, nothing like that. It all stays in Hernando. Uh, we give it to either to helping out other nonprofits in Hernando, again, to individuals. Uh, we've helped out the park system before. Uh, maybe something we look to do, you know, once we talk with the parks director, there's something we can talk about maybe sure. going forward, uh, finding something that we could really help out with. But we're just always trying to reinvest in the Hernando community and find those causes that are near and dear to our hearts uh, and that can try to help, you know, as many people as possible. So, again, really looking forward to the ball. It's $100 a ticket. Yep. Uh, uh, black tie preferred. We had on there, Matt, we usually say, you know, mask required, but since that, that means something different this year, uh, it, we would like for you to wear a Mardi Gras mask or a costume mask. Uh, we will not require it because we don't want to put that out there that it says mask required because of all the confusion, uh, but we would like for you to come, you know, dressed in full regalia for a Mardi Gras ball and hope to see you there starting at 8 o'clock on February 26th at the Gin and Nesbitt. Uh, it, again, uh, light food, hors d'oeuvres included, uh, all your drinks included. Uh, there will be silent auctions so you can bid on some stuff, take home with you. Again, every dime of it going back into the Hernando community in some form or fashion. So we really do appreciate y'all showing up. Aces Wild will be the band. They were the band for our ninth annual, which was two years ago. Just an awesome, awesome party band. So uh, really looking forward to them. They were so good two years ago. We decided, hey, man, let's get them back and let them show out again. So a lot of fun. You know, you and I are friends with a local gentleman that is a member of that band, and they do a wonderful job. Saturday, February 26th, 
Derek, it seemed like some of the masks people used to wear might end up around their mouth later on in the <laughs> night, <laughs> whenever, based on how good a time they would have. But, man, look for information. Crew of Fernando Facebook page. Uh, again, C- Crew of Fernando, K-R-E-W-E of Hernando Facebook page. Thank you to the Janet Nesbitt for hosting us again, and we really, really look forward to uh, raising funds for our 2022 year. We really appreciate y'all's support. Well, Derek, our next shout out, not necessarily a, uh, you know, a nonprofit type situation, raising money or anything like that. But we thought if somebody's going to take the time out, a loyal listener to the UTW podcast to send us an email and uh, pat us on the back a little bit, we, we're going to return the favor. Tell us a little bit about something uh, cartoonish, Derek. What you got? So as you mentioned, we have not, this is kind of a slow time. Not a lot of things going on. There's not a lot of uh, nonprofit events. Arts Council had to start kicked off their first it, Friday. It, it is yet. 18 degrees outside. It's, it's <laughs> 18 degrees. So it's very hard to do things like that. Uh, but wanted to make, we had a, a listener, a loyal listener who wrote us and asked us if we could give a little promotion to something that I did not realize was in our area. Uh, this is not, they're not trying to. Uh, you know, they're not profiting off anything. This is not a for-profit business. This is a uh, society, I guess you would call it, an association. Lynn, Lynn was his name. He reached out to us, and we really do appreciate it. Want to let us know that the Mid South Cartoonist Association. Okay. Now, you know, there's maybe people that say, "Man, I, what are you talking about?" Other people may say, "Hold, wait, you know, this is something I'm really interested in." They are celebrating their 35th anniversary uh, here in the Mid South. Uh, they include uh, members or, or cartoonists from Memphis, Olive Branch, and Hernando. Now they used to be, they were meeting once a month at Garibaldi's Pizza before the, the pandemic, obviously mm-hmm. that all shut down. They come together and they basically show each other's art. They kind of show how they do each other. You know, they, you know, maybe you got a graphic artist over here, a computer artist over here, you know, maybe a pencil artist over here, they, but they get together and all do cartoons of some form or fashion, whether it be uh, comic magazines or, or something like that. So next month they're having an art show uh, now it's not in Soto County, right. but again, this is Hernando cartoonist going up there uh, at the Germantown Community Theater during their run of the play, The Complete History of America Abridged. This is going to be February 17th through the 27th, so the week leading up to the Mardi Gras sure. Ball. Uh, it will be up there at the Germantown Community Theater. This was started in 1987. I want to read you. He sent this to me, and I know some of y'all may have tuned out, and that's not meant to be for you, but there's a, <laughs> you, you said tuned, tuned out. out like Carl, very nice. Good job. Um, so uh, anyway, wanted to make sure that we knew kind of who maybe some names that are in our area. If, if this is something that you're into, really kind of maybe reach out, try to look them up. Uh, Kevin Thorne, uh, who is on the city's planning commission. He's a member. Uh, Jack Cassidy, who's a formal editorial cartoon for the DeSoto Times, is a member. Charles Ettinger, who lives in Olive Branch, was a guest fill-in artist for the Dick Tracy strip that used to run, obviously, right, nationally. Sure. Uh, one of the other Memphis members, Greg Cravens, is a syndicated cartoonist. He writes a cartoon called The Buckets that comes out. Uh, he also used to do the Shoney Bear comics. Mm-hmm. So if y'all, anybody y'all growing up going to Shoney's, uh, he's a member of the, of the chairman of the National Cartoonist Society. They also have several members who work for Marvel, DC, Image, and then a former member, Michael Ramirez, won a Pulitzer for editorial cartoons while he was working for the Commercial Appeal, and he now has two car, uh, editorial cartoon Pulitzers. So, again, these are not just, you know, uh, you These guys I, are good. These yeah, guys are good. scratching around in our bedroom. These are really good people. So th- if this is something that interests you, February 17th to the 27th at the Germantown Community Theater. And so we do this to say, if you're a listener, please get us. We might not approve everything. If you're trying to raise money or trying to get money, we're probably not going to do that. We would rather you buy an ad to do that. But if this is something, a society or an association, and y'all got something coming up that you want the public to come out for free or or just to come see, 
please, please, please let us know about it. We would love to do it during these slow times where there's not a lot of, you know, weekly or monthly things going on that we like to advertise for the nonprofits around here. So again, thank you, Lynn, for reaching out to us. And hopefully this will expose people that are in, you know, 20,000 people now. There will be several, probably 100 that are interested in this. Please, you know, kind of reach out, go to that, find out more information and uh, see if that's something that you want to be a part of. They have a uh, website is www.midsouthcartoonists.com with an S.org, midsouthcartoonists.org. <laughs> got to say that. Got to say that. Uh, little, the S at the end right there. extra part right there. But yeah, look, if somebody's going to take their time, he sent us a couple of emails, uh, sent us some some different photos of, of stuff. Uh, Charles, you mentioned Charles that lives in uh, Olive Branch. Charles used to do some graphic work for the print house uh, when wow. he was in business. Yes, I, whenever I saw the name, uh, that, that rang a bell. So really neat. What a nice gentleman to, to reach out to us. Visit their website, learn more about them, and uh, we, we wish them nothing but great things. And we'll mention it again as we get into February for their art show coming up next month. Well, Derek, now it's time. The it's most time. Asked, it's time. The most asked. Uh, these poor people have waited this long ago. They've been riding around with their dogs in their lap. We're about forty minutes into the show. <laughs> they've been riding around show. with their dogs in their lap. Listen to <laughs> listen to this show. The most asked question in the city of Fernando right now. I'm sorry. We I guess we could have mentioned it whenever we were talking about city news. Is when are they going to take the Christmas tree down for the city of Fernando? It's an absolutely fantastic question. <laughs> It is a gorgeous Christmas tree, but we are now on January 21st and yeah. it's still there. Crossing the road to get to the studio this morning, look to my left, and there's a Christmas tree still on the square. You know, Derek, I, I pulled up uh, mid-January, maybe the tw- uh, 17th, 18th of January. I pulled up. I, I looked to my left. There's the gorgeous, beautiful Christmas tree. Uh, I turned it to the river, and they were playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, when you turn it to the river, I turned it to the a ri- Christmas song no, on. I turned it to the river, and they were playing Walking in Memphis, and I was like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, you know something's wrong. If, if there is not a Christmas song, they play that for like a solid, like it's like oh, November it's, 1st yes, to yes. the 26th. Right. If there's not a Christmas song on, probably don't have the Christmas decorations. Right. We out. do joke around about that or not. Of course, I joke around. We tease it the whole time, but there, no one has – I have not talked to a single person in Hernando that has not said to me, hey, when are they going to take that Christmas tree down? Like you and I know. Like yeah. we, like you and I know exactly when that's going to happen. Yeah. So that's probably the most asked question. But right now, it's a very good question. We'll look into that and maybe give you an answer next week. That somehow, uh, hopefully, you remember last time we mentioned something about the lights around the courthouse and a good friend of ours sent us a message that it had been changed. <laughs> we sat right. there for 20 minutes and watched the uh, lights stay the same on the uh, courthouse. So, well, uh, you know, he, and, um, again, if this is going to if, if we're gonna do that, if we're going to be those people that just leave the Christmas lights up, all year round. I mean, let's just start throwing like some hearts on there in February. We can, ma- ma- you know, maybe a little well, Mardi Gras. Mardi, Mardi Gras, Gras the day of the ball. Let's yeah. do that. Mardi Gras tree. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. And then, uh, yeah, and then maybe uh, spring. Easter. We got Easter. There you go. We can do an Easter tree. Throw some eggs around that thing. Okay. Then maybe then you can just basically put American flags on it. That carries Fourth of July. That carries oh Memorial Day, yes. Labor Day, and Fourth of July. Yeah. You got from like May until September. Halloween, Christmas. There, the, 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 look, we just saw we just did the it. whole thing. Just leave it up. Just leave it up. <laughs> just leave it up. I mean, I'm sure it didn't cost much. We just leave, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just leave that thing up. Nothing to it, really. I mean, the same people that take it down are going to be the same people that decorate it anyway. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Derek, somebody who might could help us with that, maybe give us a little bit of insight on that Christmas tree. Of course, we joke around. We kid. An absolutely gorgeous tree, Derek. I mean, if you're going to have a tree up all year, uh, it looks a lot different than most trees that are up all well, year. Well, I mean, Natalie Lynch. Yeah, uh, Alderman Lynch. Uh, Alderman yeah, Lynch uh, was able to procure that yes. with the help of the um, Methodist Church, uh, the church right. that we go to. We're able to donate the funds for that. So it's a absolutely gorgeous tree. Uh, I'm glad that it is because we're now going to keep it up 365. Wait a minute. The Christmas tree is just like mo- some homes throughout the Soto County. Follow me on this. Um, put up the tree. Uh-huh. The husband and wife fight mm-hmm. during the holidays, and it just stays up. Just stays you up. put it up. I'm not putting it up. She can put it up. Well, or the guy, like. the guy that says – 
Yeah, those lights, that took me a good two oh, days. Yeah. I'm just going, I'm going, they'll be good again in November. I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, somebody we could reach out again. You, you joked about, uh, well, you mentioned Alderman Lynch. We definitely can reach out and ask our Alderman, Alderman Bruce Robinson, vice president of our newest advertiser, Holland Insurance. Holland Insurance, located in South Haven, but can take care of any of your insurance needs in DeSoto County. Whether it's health, life, property, or casualty, Holland Insurance works with companies like Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, Delta Dental, Travelers, Hartford, Nationwide, some of the largest companies in the world Holland Insurance has at your disposal. Give them a call today. Tell them your needs. They can put you with the right company, most affordable, the company that most suits your needs, whatever you're looking for, insurance-related. Give President Jerry Holland and Vice President Bruce Robinson and their team a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Whether it's your home, your building, your car, life, anything insurance-related. Again, 662-895-5528 for Holland Insurance. North Point continues to get applications for new students and take calls from interested families. Their next open house will be Tuesday, February 8th at 8.30 a.m. during the school day. Again, Tuesday, February 8th at 8.30 a.m. during the school day to allow you to come and to be able to see what goes on during a typical school day at North Point Christian School. They anticipate some grades will reach capacity before they ever make it to the summer. If your family is interested in seeing what a Christ-centered college preparatory school looks like, they should call for a tour today or sign up for the Tuesday, February 8th open house. Please call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Derek, I'll continue to joke around. It is no coincidence that North Point Christian School booms in their enrollment after they start advertising with the UTW podcast. I, I mean, come on, guys. Coincidences don't happen. No. Coincidences don't happen for real. If you're in need of a car rental, a car, pickup truck, cargo van, passenger van, anything like that, do not drive to Memphis. Don't go to the airport and sit around and wait for an hour. We can help you at Mobile Car and Van Rental, located right here in Hernando, at the corner of Commerce and McCracken, right there looking at 55 on the west side of 55. Mobile car and van rental, cars, vans, pickup trucks. If you have any travel plans for spring break, or definitely if you're part of a youth group, church youth group, talk to your youth minister, talk to your youth pastor, and let them know all about mobile car and van rental. We have started to get calls for this summer. Give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Well, Derek, Friday's show, let's end it with talk of soccer and basketball for the teams that we cover. Soccer, real quick, everybody knows what I'm about to say. North Point boys play in the spring, girls play in the fall, so they're not playing right now. So we're doing public school soccer, covering Lewisburg. What's going on on the pitch right now? Well, man, it's getting down to the end of the regular season, and uh, the soccer's really starting to heat up. As you said, in Lewisburg, the Lady Patriots, Tuesday was their last district home game of the year, and they saw Center Hill come to the Berg. Lewisburg jumped out to a 1-0 on a goal by Larkin Griffin in the sixth minute. Center Hill gets the equalizer in the 28th minute as the tight battle continued. The 1-1 score held up through halftime and up to the 70th minute when Allie Kimbrell sends a ball to Brawley Ross, who puts it in the back of the net for a 2-1 lead with eight minutes left. That score would hold, and with the win, the Lewisburg Lady Patriots are the Region 2 6A district champs. Wow. So they are the district champs. They've already got the the, uh, number one seed locked up. So congratulations to the Lady Patriots uh, on your District 2 6A championship and looking forward to covering you during the playoffs. 
On the Lewisboro, on the boys' side, the boys then took the pitch against Center Hill, looking to shore up the district themselves. The match was as hard fought as the girls' match, but the boys ended up on the losing side of a 1-0 match. Due to that loss, Center Hill and Lewisburg will meet again tonight for a winner-take-the-district match. And, again, wow. they're both in the playoffs, so yep. this is going to determine one seed and two seed. Uh, so, DC's out. I remember Wilson yeah. coming to me yeah. and saying DC's out. DC's out. Deal. Because Center Hill beat Lewisburg in the last match, they now meet again to determine who's going to be the one-two seed. So good luck to the Patriots, uh, and hopefully you can get that one seed and have both the boys and the girls going as one seeds into the playoffs. So basically a two out of three series based over three or four weeks. Right, that's correct. Wow, that's amazing. Next, Hernando Girls. The Lady Tigers took on Horn Lake on Tuesday. Macy Riggs starts the scoring off in the third minute on a goal off a corner kick. The very next minute, Emmeline Smith gets another goal off of a corner kick. It sounds like Horn Lake was struggling with their. Uh, their not a good uh, team. Not a good team. <laughs> not a good team. Nope. <laughs> I'm keep so it real they, were, they were uh, struggling with those set pieces. In the eighth minute, Emmeline Smith gets an assist from Macy Riggs and puts it in the back of the net, followed by Lillian McDonald goal from Olivia McNeely assist in the twelfth. Isabella Powers knocks in a header in the twenty fifth minute, and then Liv Norris puts it in the goal just after halftime to bring the score to six nothing. Four minutes later, O'Keefe knocks in a goal, and the game is called due to a 7-0 mercy rule during the 49th minute. Now, Matt, these are 80-minute games. Uh, yes. This, this game that, was that called. That means it was nine minutes into the second half. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was 40, 31 minutes left in the game. They just said, we'll end this right yeah, now. Yeah, game started at five and was over uh, a little bit after six. Yep. Uh, the great win by the Lady Tigers, who have uh, made the playoffs and won the district as the they one seed. region champs. So, they, the region won 6A District champs. So again, we have the both Region One and Region Two district champs. We cover here under the water tower. Yes, Congratulations, sir. Lady Tigers, on the victory. And look forward. Right now, it looks like they will be hosting a Tuesday game. Correct. I think right now it's set up for them to host a Tuesday game against Oxford. So we'll see. Make sure we'll, we'll confirm that, of course, during our Tuesday show. Please, listeners. Uh, um, let me jump in there. UTW listeners. Tuesday night, if the weather's nice, we'll remind you on Tuesday for our Tuesday show. Get out to the uh, the high school stadium. They play on the football field there at Jenkins Field. Uh, look, the girls, it's a very good girls team. They will be hosting Oxford. Yeah. That is a rival. They will be hosting Oxford. Oxford is a good soccer program. Let's get as many people out there as we can. Uh, yours truly does the announcing out there. I'll keep it as fun as I can keep it for sure. We play a lot of fun music and have a good time. But I know the girls would love your support. Bring your kids. If you have a boy or girl that plays soccer, come out there. Again, I don't know the weather yet, but hopefully it'll, it'll be nice. Come out there on Tuesday night and watch these young ladies as they go for. It's a really, really big deal to be the number one seed against Oxford. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, now for the boys, uh, the boys were needing a win to try and get into the playoffs on their tu the Tuesday match after a slow start to the season. They've really turned it on here in the last two or three weeks, and so as if they kept winning, they could make the playoffs. Gordo helped that cause by putting the Tigers on the board first with a goal off a free kick in the 17th minute. Uh, on an assist by Quincy Silva, Ethan Barnes nets a goal in the 25th minutes, taking a 2-0 lead into halftime. Teams played great defense in the second half, and Horn Lake scored a goal late but could not find the equalizer to push it to extra time. Hernando gets the 2-1 win and a berth in the state playoffs. 
Congratulations to the Tigers as they continue to improve each game. We want to say that both teams played last night. Uh, Matt was out of town. You know, it was uh, late last night. We don't have all the stats off that game. More than likely victories. Uh, this was not going to affect the playoff seating. However, I do have the playoff scenario uh, straight from a parent uh, of what could happen. So I think Hernando are both set to play South Panola again on Saturday. Yes. Uh, so it was back-to-back games against South Panola. Of course, we'll have both of those uh, for you on Tuesday along with the preview of the playoffs. So this is what has to happen. So this is the game is going to take place on Saturday. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, the match that will take place, Horn Lake versus South Haven. All right, if Horn Lake wins, Horn Lake's the one seed, okay? If South Haven wins by one goal, Horn Lake's still the one seed, Hernandez still the two seed, South Haven's not in. If South Haven wins by three goals, Hernando's the one seed, Horn Lake is out of the playoffs, South Haven is a two seed. Yeah. Literally, Horn Lake can go from a one seed or could not make the playoffs at all, depending on what happens on Saturday. So Hernando needs to pull for South Haven to beat Horn Lake by three goals. Yeah, it could be three goals or more, but they only count three goals. So at least by three goals, they would be the one seed. If not, then Hernando's solidly in, definitely in as a two seed at least, uh, and then that will determine where they play on Tuesday. Derek, I jumped the gun a little bit. Uh, just a reminder, the uh, Hernando soccer teams will be playing 10 a.m. and 12 noon on Saturday. Yeah. The girls play South Panola at 10. The boys play South Panola right after that. So girls at 10, boys uh, set up for 12. You may want to get there at 11.45 or so for that game this coming Saturday. Get out, enjoy the sunshine, and come enjoy the soccer. All right, so again, we'll have all that on Tuesday. going to be a lot to cover. I mean, we're talking about several matches to cover plus playoff previews coming on Tuesday. Now turning to basketball. Uh, The North Point girls, uh, now both the Trojan teams took on FACS Crusaders in a home district matchup. In the girls' game, the number three Lady Trojans took a 23-12 lead after the first quarter and maintained that lead into halftime of 31-21. They doubled the lead to 48-28 heading into the fourth and increased it to a final score of 65-40 against an overmatched FACS team. The Lady Trojans did not play their best game and got into foul trouble, but were still able to pull away. Junior Briley Faith Cherry led the Trojans with 24 points, Bethany Wright had 19, and Izzy Carlson had 12. Now the North Point uh, boys, they faced the number two FACS Boys following the girls' game, and the first quarter was all defense with both teams tied up 9-9 nine to nine at the end of the first. FACS showed why they're the number two team as they pulled away in the second, taking a 25-15 to 15 lead into halftime. The lead increased to 15 at the end of the third, and FACS held on from there for a 56-41 to 41 victory. Christian Gilliland led the Trojans with 23 points, the only Trojan in double figures. Now coming down, get well, heading east, Uh, Going to Lewisburg, the Lady Patriots took on South Panola and trailed after the first quarter 14-13. The back-and-forth game continued into halftime with the Lady Tigers leading 29-27. South Panola goes on a big run in the third quarter and puts up 18 points to head into the fourth quarter with a 47-35 lead. Lewisburg tries to battle back but drops a tough one to South Panola 61-51. Lanny Moss led all scorers with 15 points. Allison Irby finished with 14, while Allie Carroll chipped in with 12. The boys then took the court against the Tigers, and they decided they were not going to start off slow, hitting five threes in the opening quarter to take a 17-13 lead. The red-hot shooting continued in the second quarter, with the Tigers putting up another 17 and taking a 34-29 lead into halftime. 17 seemed to be the Patriots' magic number on the night, posting another 17 
while holding the Tigers to just three points, and the Patriots took a comfortable 51-32 lead into the fourth. Lewisburg finishes the game off 67-52. Mahari Ingram led the Patriots with 16. Hayden Drumright added 12, and Josiah Nelson had 10. Now we're coming finally under the water tower here to Hernando. The Hernando girls went out of district play on Tuesday to play Lake Cormorant in the Delta and jumped on top of the Gators 15-8 after the first. That lead extended to 32-17 at halftime and again to 51-28 after the third. I imagine Coach Jones got some of the younger girls some playing time in the fourth as Hernando wins handily over an out overmatched Lady Gators 71-39. to mm. Abby Harrison had 25 points and Demaya Cummins and Holland Wallace had 14. And then finally, the Hernando boys, guys, help. I'm begging. <laughs> Please give these boys Our some game, love. We know nothing. If there's an individual or a parent. Are they even playing? Can we get confirmation? <laughs> I'm assuming they're playing. If an individual or parent that goes to the games, please tweet at UTWPod. Whoever What's runs, sad is you, you can't even find any, any updates on newspapers or no, anything. No. It's like uh, they don't even play. I mean, unless the, the somebody from the online newspaper goes to the game or unless I said, you know what, I'm going to skip my daughter's game. I'm going to go watch the Hernando boys. Okay. That's, that's it. Whoever runs the Hernando High School girls' Twitter account, could you please maybe stay at least a <laughs> halftime and give us some updates? That's you interesting. Know, the boys had good coverage until January 4th of this year. Let's continue to show the boys some love. So, please, anybody that can reach out. Now, both teams – Hang on. Are we sure that on January 4th their season did not go virtual? <laughs> Look, your kids go to school there. Oh, yeah. They yeah, did not go to school. Wait, no, no, yeah. no. Let's stop right quick. Yeah, you're totally right. They didn't update you about that game, but I will say this. Are we, are we kind of done? Well, I mean, yeah, I just want to let everybody know that both teams will be back in district play at home tonight, tonight. against South Panola. It is Winterfest. It will be a huge crowd. Oh, man. Winterfest tonight. The boys, uh, they're supposed to play. That's they're supposed, uh, to, they're play. supposed they're, to play. I mean, like, the Winterfest court is supposed to be happening it's between, supposed to be between the, the games, right? Right. right. I, I, it, unless it's on a Zoom call, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, and I, I'm glad that you said that. I also uh, would be remiss to say North Point plays at ECS tonight. So it's a district, huge district matchup at ECS. And then tomorrow night, Saturday night, it's their they don't like they don't call it Winterfest. They call it uh, homecoming. basketball homecoming. Right. It'll be tomorrow night with Fairley uh, High School out of Memphis coming uh, to Trojan Gym. So again, uh, everybody's playing tonight. Uh, you've got a couple at home and then one away. So again, uh, come support your teams and uh, good luck to everybody having their homecomings this week. Yeah, homecoming, Winterfest or homecoming or whatever, man, just a lot of fun, Derek. We joke around. You and I joke a lot off of air to think back on different things. I mean, 25 to 27 years ago, being high school seniors, juniors, whatever. I mean, my daughters, uh, well, your son and my daughter are both. I mean, their time at school is just ticking away. Yeah. So, uh, definitely something to be grateful for and thankful. But look, try and get out and support soccer next Tuesday, soccer this Saturday morning, basketball games on Friday and Saturday night. Get out, support your local schools. If your kids want to go to the game, look, man, it's not going to kill you. Go support. Give some money, whatever, yeah. to these uh, basketball and soccer programs for sure. We definitely love to shine a light on young people here with the UTW Podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, we beg you, please share it. Friends, family, coworkers, tell them what's going on with the UTW Podcast. Tell them what we're talking about. Tell them we're going to try and find some answers to the biggest question in Hernando in years. It's not elections. No. It's not parks. No. It's not pennies for the parks. No. No, it's nothing. It is. It is. When is that Christmas tree coming down? That's or what it is. is it coming? Or down. is it coming down? Is it coming we may just. You know what? We may just. Yeah, we may just change things up on this Christmas tree, and it'd be awesome all year round. We may figure that out. But look, if you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. 
wherever you can hear our show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up. Go give us a five-star review on that app or whatever you listen to. We really It helps us continue to climb up the ranks of local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, look for OB Pod, covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They cover Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch. If anything going on in the eastern side of DeSoto County, they're going to cover. Look for OB Pod. Well, Derek, before we sign off our usual Friday show, don't forget, we will be interviewing Jared Barkley, the new Parks Director. We'll be interviewing him later today, so uh, don't forget that. That will be our, our Tuesday guest, kind of be the meat of our Tuesday show, so really, really looking forward to that. So if you have an interest in Parks, whether it be your children, grandchildren, tune in next Tuesday to learn more about who's running that department. As we do on our Friday show, Derek, I want to encourage everyone to please visit your local church uh, this weekend, uh, this Sunday. If it's a church you pass by every day, if it's a church that your family or somebody's invited you to, take them up on it. Go visit that Sunday morning. You will not, will not be disappointed. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Don't stop going, going south, because I'll let you play music. Feel damn loud, don't stop heading, heading south Cause they won't understand the words that are pouring from your mouth